Let me take this off. I just got back from the hospital. Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's good, LL Nation? Come on in, tap in with us. Our special guest is ready to go. The one and only. Get to him shortly. But as always, we are brought to you in featuring Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you are following Overtime Malik on Instagram, you know, you see the moves that are being made by Anora Whiskey doing big things once again. Where spears are sold in South Bend and especially near the Notre Dame campus, ask them for Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. My brother, how you feeling today? Man, we great, man. It's it's always great when you got one quarterback on from Notre Dame, but now getting two on two from Notre stars. Dame. Oh, man, it's something special. And this is my close guy, B. Wimbush, and I'm excited to get him on today. Heard a lot of things. His name has come up a lot. We talked about the way you guys trash talk about hoops. Rex Flugler. Was on the show last night. He doubled down. Rex kind of said Brandon has some has some gold. Brandon got some game. He got some jersey game because Brandon, you know, he tried to play too cool. He a too cool guy. <laughs> so he got the he got this smooth game and nice little mid range. You're like, okay, you were yeah. you would think a lot about Kawhi. He a real good player, but you you just be like, it's good to have him on my team, but he's not the flashy guy. Yeah, so. We're going to have some recruiting news on the back end. We're also going to get into a couple of visits. We're going to answer a couple of questions that we had after the show yesterday that I didn't have a chance to get to as far as Keon Keegley and some other guys in the 23 class. But it's time, my brother. We're bringing in the heavy hitters because we spend it different. Let's get ready for our special guest. Let's welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast, Brandon Woodenbush, former Notre Dame. What's going on, guys? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Sean, it's nice to meet you. Pleasure and, to meet you. Uh, my brother, it's always good to see you, man. Man, the mogul himself, B. Wimbush. Yeah. Hey, look, Red Army is always flourishing in some areas, so I'm glad to man. see you doing it too. Always. I appreciate you guys. And um, I appreciate the love for my, my basketball game. Like it was like, <laughs> like there was just never this type of reception and, and love for my hoop, my hoop game when you're in it. Right. Like people didn't yeah, appreciate <laughs> my four years, uh, Malik. Like, yeah. No, know, yeah. We're not giving you no credit to this after yeah. the fact. Not when we're right. all playing. <laughs> right. It's like LeBron. You got You got to uh, you got to appreciate the greatness when, when you have it there. So. Yeah, we talked, like I said, we talked to former shooting guard for Notre Dame, Rex Fluger, on the show last night. And uh, the question that was posed to him by one of our listeners was, name a guy that played basketball that could have played for the football team. Mm -hmm. And then name a guy on the football team that could have played in the NBA. 
or yeah. NFL <laughs> vice versa, right? Yeah. So his two answers were literally Chase and Brandon. Yeah. He was like, I felt Chase and Brandon both could have played basketball at a high level. And then uh, he said Demetrius Jackson. Yeah. Because he was like, yo, people don't understand how strong Demetrius was. He's a yeah. local kid, grew up loving Notre Dame. He was like, Demetrius definitely could have played football for the – and uh, Rex said he actually thought about walking on one year. I think he did. I, th- I think I had that conversation with Rex. And I think this was maybe freshman, sophomore year because him and him and Matt Ryan, Malik, if you remember Matt, who came yeah. with me in my class, they, they weren't getting a lot of PT, Sean. So, um, you know, your mind goes elsewhere, even on the football field. Like if you're not playing your first and second year, you're, you're like, all right, what else is there out there for me? Um, yeah. For me, it was like baseball. It was like, should I go pick up a my glove again? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, no, man, like, I, yeah, I, I take the credit, right? I appreciate that. But, like, Mike, guys like Mike McGlinchey, uh, <laughs> Roddy Stanley, like, those guys were skilled big men. They were really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mike's feet was so good at basketball. And then, like, in the beginning, we're like, why is the feet not looking like basketball? Mike, you be trying to look stiff. <laughs> but then he, like, figured it out. But, man, Mike was yeah. – him and Ronnie were just spectacular. Talented. So, Lucky Lefty Podcast, let's get right to it. Let's go back to the beginning. You talk about your time in New Jersey. You came on the scene with your performance at the uh, Elite 11. Mm -hmm. You commit to Penn State. Let's start right there. Yeah. Ultimately, what led you to the decision? Because most people, they decommit, and then they take their time and take visits and ultimately come to a decision. Your decommitment literally came with a commitment to right. Notre Dame. It was like, sorry, Penn State fans, I'm decommitting. I'm committing to the fighting Irish. <laughs> what was that entire process like? Yeah, man. I mean, the recruiting, I mean, recruiting in, in uh overall has changed so much. Um, and I wasn't I wasn't one of those guys who was social media heavy, but you know, I appreciated everything that came with the process and being able to meet a lot of those coaches and go through that entire thing. My mom loved it, as Malik knows. Like our moms got along, but she loved that process. She enjoyed it, um, and meeting guys like um, uh, what's his name, James Franklin, right? And then the, the opportunity to go play for a black coach obviously sparked tons of interest. Uh, being that Coach James Franklin now had assumed that position at, at Penn State. Um, but then I just took a visit. Actually, I had played Bergen Catholic on 9-11, right? Bergen Catholic's one of the, you know, the, the best programs in the country. I'm gonna give a shout out to Jersey football, Malik. I think it's yeah. right up there. I think it's right <laughs> up there with high uh with, with Ohio football and, and the best of the best across the country. You got Bergen Catholic, St. Joe's, us, right? Don Bosco. But we played Bergen Catholic on on 9-11. I threw for five touchdowns, ran for one. It's kind of like a coming out, if you will. Uh, the the quarterback coach at the time, you know, for Malik at, and at Notre Dame was uh, Matt Lafleur, who's the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He had called me up that night, Sean, and um, obviously he had watched the game on live television. Called me up and said, you know, I want you to come out and take a visit and see the campus. Um, so that's it. That's exactly what I did. I think like the following week, or you know, when I once I had my bye week, it was the Stanford game. Um, in 2014 and uh even though it was rainy and cold i, I still fell in love with the campus 
fell in love with the guys being able to meet, you know, Malik and, and the rest of the, the quarterback room. Um, I enjoyed it, man. And, and, and then it, it was a really quick decision. I knew academically there was more to offer there. Right. And I just felt that uh, I'd put myself in the best position uh, for, you know, for life after ball, choosing Notre Dame. Now, I remember, you know, Brandon coming up with his mom, meeting with Matt LaFleur at the hotel because it was like yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah. They came to the hotel night before the game, and, and Coach LaFleur was at the little bar with his mom. He's just like, yeah, just this is Malik talk about da, da da And I just could tell, like, they would, his mom, you know, I love his mom. She was just so into what we was – whatever we were saying, it was like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, we can do that. And, you know, Brandon just, you know, being the – the calm, cool, and collected guy. I couldn't really tell if he was like, yeah, like his mom was, but he just was like, okay, you know, you know, man, you you just like, always like a, oh, okay, I got here, I'm gonna just take my yeah. time. <laughs> That's your demeanor, you know, which I yeah. always had a, a good feeling after that first time. But for you, looking at just the landscape of it, what was it for you that pulled you to just to, because I know Penn State's situation probably was a little bit better situated than what we even had at that point yeah yeah you're absolutely right right it was trace mcsorley if you remember um and they weren't like high on him but look at him now right he's he's you know had a decent career played a played a couple years and then uh there was the notre dame quarterback room which was i mean like three or four deep at the time right with you uh everett deshaun um who they were high on um Obviously, Gummy was there and then a couple other guys, but I don't know. I, I just thought I thought I, I thought more than football. Right. I thought I think everybody who chooses Notre Dame thinks there's more than football uh, to life. And um, I wasn't really worried. I wasn't one of those guys who was like, All right, I'm going to go here and, and redshirt and be upset. Like I, I wasn't one of those guys who, you know, felt the need to go right in and, and play right away. I thought there's a there was an advantage to being able to sit back for a year or two and, and learn, which is exactly what happened um, and kind of see things unfold and go through the ups and the downs, which again, which is exactly what happened. Um, and then I just, you know, went into my 2017 a little bit more mentally prepared than a lot of guys do at, at, at age 18. So um, I kind of had that perspective going into it, man. And that's why I wasn't really, you know, de deterred from, from being a part of that, that quarterback room. That ever recruiting class you came in with, and this is why you don't really. We talked about this two days ago, right? How you yeah. really can't trust rankings because yeah. the ranking was like 13. But when you mm. start going down the list of players, you have Brandon Alizé, Mack, Dak, yeah. Sean Crawford, Jerry Curry, EQ, Asmar, Miles yeah. Boykin, dude, that class. Underrated class. But you, you know what? Like you can't trust rankings because our number one guy and the number one center in the country is a good friend. Tristan Hodge had transferred. Like, right. I mean, transferred. remember him? Like he was the start of that class, Malik. Like he yeah. had, he had committed early, uh, went in early through the spring semester. Like recruited me. Like he was yeah, the guy. It was tough for him. Yeah, <laughs> like a tough experience, man. But um, obviously, he's doing really well. Thrived at BYU. But I'm just saying, like, you know, the stars and the recruit numbers, it really doesn't it really doesn't mean anything. But, yeah, we had a hell of a class. No yeah, doubt. that was a hell of a class. So you talk about that. Let's go ahead and talk about what you're doing with mobile. Yeah. The NIL, and I don't know if you've seen, like, what the Notre Dame football team is doing. 
talked to Rex Fluger last night. He said the basketball team eventually is going to get involved. He was just in South Bend this weekend. What yeah. are your thoughts about the Irish Players Club? And where will NIL be in five years in comparison to where it is today? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question, Sean. Um, but at Mogul, uh, first and foremost, what we've created um, is a is a safe, reliable, and compliant tech platform that allows college athletes, all athletes, to connect to brands um, and businesses for marketing opportunities. Uh, to obviously, to maximize their name, image, and likeness opportunity. Uh, founded for athletes by athletes. We have multiple members of our team who are former collegiate athletes, co competed at high levels. Um, and we're, we're, we're ahead of the space, man. We're pioneering this whole NIL space. And it's really exciting for me as a former college quarterback to be able to, you know, to play in this space. Where I think this, you know, this, this industry is going to be is more geared towards um, giving athletes equity opportunities um, and, and professional development and career development opportunities. Yeah, the one-off social media posts are going to be great, but can we connect our, our athletes, especially at the likes of the schools of you know, Notre Dame, to internship and externship opportunities so they can, so they can expedite their uh, professional development? Um, for us, our platform, we obviously hope to have that holistic experience for the athlete. That means uh, being able to source those one-off sponsorship and endorsement deals, sell merchandise, uh, create mint and, and sell your NFTs on a, on a mobile enabled marketplace, uh, connect with alumni for internship opportunities, right? Kind of that, that entire NIL uh, experience, if you will, we want that to be able to run through mobile. Um, Irish Players Club is run by a, a friend, uh, Mick Asaf and, and the Yoke team there. Um, and, you know, he, he's got a head on his shoulders th that he's always forward thinking. Um, so it's, it's good to kind of be in the same space with him and, and kind of compete at that level, uh, knowing that Mick's, you know, always, you know, has that, that, that one step uh, ahead kind of, kind of mindset. So, um, but we're, we're obviously right there with him. I have a very innovative partner and, and team. Um, and, and, you know, we're excited about the team that we've built around the two of us uh, to help us, you know, win this space. Now, to get an understanding of the mogul, is it is it a marketing scheme? Like, are you guys, you have agents that you're signing yeah. kids with, or is it more of like a um, like a resource center? Like you talk to yes. for guys after they get done playing, they transition yeah. through the resources of mogul. Because I thought the yoke, when you talk about the the competitive space is it competitive because of the the guys you're recruiting in that area or is yoke just nft based yoke is a lot man um you gotta ask them like how they would want to identify their company and what industry they're playing in because they've done sponsorships they've done nfts they've done gaming right e-gaming they've they've done a good amount and they always do it well and um you know so but uh, we are a open marketplace, Malik. So we're not signing athletes. We are a, a tech platform resource for all athletes. There's 500,000 athletes. We want all 500,000 on our platform. We're not signing anybody to any exclusivity like agency clause, Malik. Like, you know, we're not like a Wasserman or a, a CAA or an Athletes First where, you know, you're bound to, our, you know, our contract and you have to 
you know, give a percent of your deal. That's also another key factor is we're completely free for all athletes. So, you know, I'm not opposed to the agency model, I, I, you know, obviously, but for college athletes today, it's, it's definitely beneficial to weigh all of your options before signing to an agency where you have to give up 15 to 20% of any marketing contract that comes across your desk. When there's a platform like Mogul that brings you the similar, you know, very similar or better caliber deals and you, you, you yeah. retain 100% of those deals, right? So okay. our economic model, just for the sake of it, um, is, you know, we charge a service a service charge, a surcharge, a service fee of 20% to the brands, um, not to the athlete. Makes sense. What do, you, what do you say to those that are skeptical of the NFT market right now? The NFT market? Um, I mean, personally, I, I feel really comfortable with, with, uh, with the NFTs and the, that whole kind of web three space. I can obviously learn more about it. I think, Anybody who's skeptical about it should just do their homework. I think, you know, Malik and I have a mutual fr friend and Deshaun who's helped me kind of, you know, get an understanding of it. And then there's so much, there's so many resources out there, man, that I think if people really want to learn more and, and not just kind of rely on their, you know, innate understanding, then I think they would, you know, gear and lead more towards, all right, this is a growth opportunity. There's, there may be an investment opportunity for me. Um, and then for athletes, like there's there's a lot of people doing really good things uh, in terms of educating athletes on the Web3 space. I think that's exciting. I think you guys could, you know, dive into that with with, you know, a net, uh, I can connect you in a network of people who um, are looking at athletes as creators in this Web3 space and the power and the empowerment that it's it's providing athletes. What's it like, you know, being a now that you have taken on the the entrepreneurial the business outside of trying to be like you man <laughs> yeah I, I, you know it's been it's been a wild ride for me and 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 knowing what i've been through and just speaking on your journey especially going through football making that transition for yourself to even be on a on a forward thinking thing like this nil tech platform which is still i mean it's still growing like you say your pioneer is something that nobody can really see the vision of just quite yet but what's the quarterback notre dame yeah like i've been for with that it's been great i mean I'm, I'm the chief athletic officer here so i i oversee everything that that uh that involves the athlete and we have close to three thousand athletes currently leveraging our platform so it's it's very uh, uh a highly recepted platform across all athletes not just the quarterbacks um, and that's something that we've been really, really excited about is that we've been able to facilitate deals um, for 80% 80, 80 of the deals that we've been able to generate have been for non-revenue generating athletes. So from lacrosse players to hockey, women's track and field, those have been the athletes that have succeeded on our platform. And um, we're, we're stoked about that because those are, you know, that's that's 98% of the, the college athlete population there. Right. So. We, we sought out at the beginning to find a way to, to provide value to those, those athletes. But for me, it's been great. Like it's an, uh, it's an inevitable way for me, Malik, to, to connect with these athletes um, as I DM them, as I, you know, have face-to-face uh, -face events on their campus, like they feel a, uh, a sense of trust with me 
having, you know, two years ago being just removed from college sports, playing quarterback at the highest level. So they know, like, you know, there's so many other competitors in the space that have 50 year old, you know, men or women running companies trying to get into this space, but they just have no understanding about like the daily lives of these, these college athletes. So they can't build a product. They can't communicate. They can't, you know, to do things in favor of the athlete. Now, is that what the tour is about? I see you going to different cities and you're, it's, you're speaking at these schools. Is that, is that kind of what this is yeah. kind of people warm to the idea of mogul? A hundred percent. I think that's one of our best acquisition methods is, is getting to these campuses, having athletes see us face to face. Right. Cause we're, we're doing so much, as you know, like on a daily basis that somebody hits me somewhere, like even on the DMS, what I typically do for acquisition, but, if I can be face to face, if we could have been face to face with somebody coming to Goog and they're explaining to us their product, I think it's a it's a more effective uh, effective way of acquiring somebody. Um, and then we're here in Austin, Texas. Obviously, it's a it's a grand market for college uh, sports, uh, specifically UT. So we're here not just for promotion of of uh, you know to acquire athletes, but for a pitch competition. South by Southwest is one of the best and biggest pitches. Uh, pitch conferences in the world. Um, so that's, you know, Mogul's a finalist here. Um, but we're obviously baking in, you know, the relationship uh, with the University of Texas athletes. Now, no Man, is very, go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, the the maturity of Brandon that, that you get to see from just <laughs> the football playing days. I mean, he's talking straight business, straight facts, really made a great transition from Notre Dame to the business life of things. But the way you talk it, I'm just wondering, do you miss football? Is football still like, would you go out there and play a little turkey football? It was, and like, things? It was like Kobe, though. Kobe said he never missed basketball because he like, he got everything he got from the sport. I didn't play 20 years in the NFL, but like, man, I graduated with guys like you from Notre Dame. Like, that's a world-renowned education and, and got to play some of the best football there is to play in the world. Um, do, yeah, I feel like I can still – I feel like I'm better than a lot of people that are playing on Sundays. As okay, you there we go. We just we just wanted to see if that was still in there. Like, was just... like, you know, <laughs> like me, like I always say, I'm you know, I'm I'm typically you know very very modest human being. I scored 30 touchdowns in a season. I don't care how you score 30. If you score 30 touchdowns, you should touch yeah. a, a field on on a Sunday. You should That's touch right. a field on a Sunday. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You get it, man. If you throw on 20 for 20, if you throw on 21 for 24 for 300 yards against Texas, I'm here in Austin right now, but you should be playing. You, you should get a play on Sunday. Yeah, you should get a just, shot. You should get something. You should shit. Get <laughs> I'm just saying. You, you don't got me a little hype, but. <laughs> Well, I had to see, you know, I know it's still in there because Brandon's a competitor as modest as he is. He still got it in. Him, so, I was but, yeah, but yeah, man, this this experience has been very fruitful and um, great team around me supporting me. And so, you know, there's, I was I was listening to something. And it was like, how do I move on from this? But it's not it's not you don't want to be moving on. You want to be moving forward from that experience from like, you know, you take your quarterback in days and you. You, you've obviously learned from them, Malik, and you use that, right? You, you bring that along with you, but you move you move forward from those experiences and, and it helps you build. 
That's right. Yeah. So since you opened the door, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it in. <laughs> you opened it. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and kick it in. You know, because yeah. I, yeah. I I talked to Dex, and Dex was like, "Yo, I I agree." I said, "You guys had the talent to average 45 points a game easy." Yeah. You guys were averaging like 36, 37, but <laughs> it should have been 45 easy. He was like, "Yo, yeah. I totally I totally agree with you." And yeah. I said, "What was it?" I asked him. I said, "What was it?" Was it just the inability of the coaching staff to commit to the system that would allow Brandon to operate at his best? Or was it just something else that things just didn't click the way they should have on paper? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I never, I never, uh, I always take, you know, I, I always internalize things like, you know, like this, Sean. So for me, it was, it was, you know, there's a combination of both. There's always a combination of, of so many different elements internally, externally, mentally, at the quarterback position, physically. You know, so there's just so much that goes into it, man. Um, Performance-wise, like I'll look internally first again and, and say, like, yeah, I I didn't perform the way I wanted to perform. You know, some of the time, but did I think that I was improving and 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 we were winning and everything that was necessary to continue to play. I thought so. So, um, and then as far as like, yeah, I think we were held back in some regards and, uh, and, um, and some people weren't on the field that could have or should have been on the field who makes those decisions, you know, you know, you just kind of never know, but it is what it is. We're here today. <laughs> I mean, it all, it all comes down. I mean, if you really, it, it comes down to, do you feel like you got a fair shot at it? Because, I mean, you make the most out of your opportunity. Because, you know, once you get to that level, it's just if you get in, you better just make the most out of it. Because you don't know who's going to do what and what's going to happen. Who's on your heels. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So the one thing, and Malik, you can answer this because you had a similar experience. Both of you guys kind of share a similar experience. When you're the guy, shouldn't you feel like at some point that it's your team? And I know that sounds cliche, but at some point you have to feel like this is my squad. I'm the leader. Follow me. But it seems like the direction that most quarterbacks, this is what I've heard from a lot of the people that have covered Notre Dame in the media over the years. They've used the word regression when it comes to Notre Dame quarterbacks. Like they pop on the scene. Then as their career goes on, they either level off or regress in their play. Mm-hmm. For that to be a trend with multiple quarterbacks, most people will say that that's the culture. What would you guys say to that? I would say that there's a certain level of commitment that needs to be made that you can – feel comfortable in a space where you operating so much. So when you finally get the chance to be the guy, it helps when you got that, okay, the people making the decisions got your best interest all the time, you know? So sometimes- You can't do that at the college level, man. You can't, you don't know that. But that's not true because, okay, we give examples of careers. You know, you look at a guy like Tommy Reese, even, Towards the end, he still had that ability to be gotcha, like, gotcha. I know I'm getting in at some point. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, want. I know whatever's going on, it don't matter because I know that the, the hand is going to just put me in there and I'm going to have a factor of it somewhere. And then you look at guys like Ian who I don't think he was thinking about anything other than beating Clemson, Alabama at the end of the year for three, four years straight. So you can see how when a guy gets comfortable, he can hit a certain potential in his talent. Does he hit the max? I mean, I think Ian probably squeezed the most juice out of the orange out of probably the the most out of the, the last four five guys that have been there. But it, it showed, though, through those years, it wasn't no controversy. It wasn't no we don't know. So that confidence had to give any quarterback, and not just Notre Dame, but anywhere, that confidence, okay, I can grow in the right direction because you're fighting too many things when you're trying to get better. And that's a lot for a young guy to go through when they're trying to play at the top level, you know. So yeah. it's a lot that goes into it, like Brandon said. Brandon, yeah. did you ever get to a point? Oh, I'm sorry. You can go ahead and answer the question. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Sean. I think I think Malik hit it on the head right there, man. So did you ever get to a point? Was there a bookmark in your career where you felt like, okay, this is my squad. I'm playing efficiently. I'm ready to go. And then mm-hmm. what happened after that point, if you indeed did feel like? Not, not really. Like early on, I guess, like 2017, I was, you know, slated to be the starter. And they weren't really given – so so rankings came into play, I would, I guess you would say. And then obviously, you know, we spent two years together, Ian and I, um, before the 2017 season. And then I was slated to be the starter. It's just, you know, given my experience, uh, where I was at, you know, mentally I was prepared. So I felt good there. And then later in, the, in, the, in that 2017 season, you know, things started to kind of take a, uh, you know, take a, take a turn for the worst, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I guess the confidence just wasn't all there. And then I come back in the spring, have a really strong spring season, and, um, you know, I go to Russia, which is, like, kind of weird. <laughs> like, see, that's your problem. You like, Jerry, you just going, like, where are you going? Like, where, I don't know where, why I went to Russia. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. See, but, that's, but that's what Brandon bought in. He bought into everything. He didn't just go, Wait, you know. Was Russia just a random trip? You know what I'm saying? He no, didn't just had, go to Notre Dame yeah. to go through the buffet line. You know, he going to go and do the sightseeing. He going to go to the gift shop. He going to go to <laughs> see the, the animals. He ain't just going for the, the one thing, you know. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> that might have been my problem because some people were just here, you know. But, no, I, I come back in, this, in the summer. You know, I'm still feeling confident. Going to the season, you know, we're 3-0, and and then just, yeah, I guess things just took a turn. And so um, never really got to hit my stride, I feel like. I feel like if it was, you know, I got to a couple more games in the 2018 season, start, you know, you continue to win, you continue to dominate teams, then, you know, that's kind of when I would have. But Did you look around the landscape and the way college football was evolving and say, man, why can't we do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, what do you mean? Scheme, you watch guys like Deshaun yeah. and Lamar and the yeah. schemes they're putting in to emphasize what they do well. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, I guess, a good amount of complacency, if you will, in terms of like what's being run in the offense. And uh, I just, there might have not been a lot of 
innovation and ideas flowing and creativity, um, which obviously can hold, you know, hold people back. So it is what it is. Now, talk, I do. I am interested because, you know, a lot of people say a, a big turn, obviously, was the Miami game. But for you, was there, in your mind, what was going through it before the game started and then just after? Oh, you're about to run him up, man. What do you mean? Yeah, but, you like, you know, everybody has to do it. game day. Man, don't even bring that shit up. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yo, no. before, before you get to the game, Dex told us a story about when you guys actually arrived at the stadium on the bus. Oh, with the like bottles and drinks? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it was hype. It was hype. He was getting glass broke on the on the on the bus and <laughs> man, it was crazy. And it was like walking into a club, they'd be like, you know, throwing beach balls around and bottles yeah. and screaming and horns. I mean, it's a club. And so you never have a bad thought about a game. Like you prepare so frequently and so much. And you feel like you never think you get beat thirty-eight to three, throw inter- no. throw two intercept. Like that's never on your mind. And when people ask me, I'm like, "What you think?" Like I wanted to come in here and dominate. We was playing game day, and I'm like, saying that I'm thinking that it's the. I think it was the other. It was the. It wasn't you that yeah. was like the reason why it was like you. Yeah, it was so tense. The game, and so then the tense. people helping you with the game ain't so helping tense. you. So now you're looking around like. You ain't giving me no options out here. You, right. you, 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 you're making me feel the same. You know what I mean? You, you're, you're radiating this energy. Right. That's not what I need. I need to be free flow. You know how I am. That's and, right. Um, That's right. And yeah, so the outcome was the outcome, though. <laughs> it's crazy that a lot of people, you say you don't win a game in the first quarter. That pass you missed to Stefferson by inches. Yeah, probably would have changed the whole dynamic of the I think it was EQ. Yeah, EQ. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It was EQ, but yeah, that was a that was a yeah, that's a you know. But I also missed. I also missed a shit ton of passes. So we. But uh, this, but you know, they tell us. You know, I know how you feel, man. They got you running fifty yards down the field. You get up, they're like, "All right, let's just run this whole pass play." You're like, "All right, let me just." Get together for a second, like right. Right. <laughs> that's my breath. You know, you want to get back here and start reading plays. Like, yeah, you, you try, you try to drop back. You try dropping back. Yeah, it's like you. What you like? Of course, it's going to eat shit. Of course, the ball is going to eat shit for a little right, bit. Right. If you got me running read option fifteen times in a row, like come on, you're not helping yeah. me out. So I, I, I get it. <laughs> we was keying at end because he like the way he would play the read option was very unique. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a very minuscule, like if you see his numbers, right. Facing down the line of scrimmage, then you pull it. And so he was just not that smart. Didn't adjust a lot of the time. So there's a lot of consecutive pull. pull reads. Yeah. You're tired. Like, I don't, yeah. Like, pull, pull reads <laughs> and uh, they were fast, man. They were fast. Absolutely. Now talk about the rebirth. So, you know, we, Similar paths a little bit. Now you go through the season, okay. Second recruitment, it felt it had to felt good as I know the phone was ringing off the hook. What's the second time around like for you? Because for me, I was like, this is pretty refreshing. It's like high school days almost, you know, trying to take visits, do that, this, that, and the third. 
you land in Florida just like everybody freaking else. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> but what was that second time around like for you when you was going through? Um, I think very similar, man. And, and I hope no other Notre Dame quarterbacks end up in Florida. Um, uh, yeah, very refreshing. I think the the transfer portal had just kind of you know picked up a little bit of steam. I wasn't really a part of the transfer portal. If you're obviously playing quarterback at Notre Dame, you know you were highly recruited and have a lot of coaching connections across the country. So that wasn't like you know that was never in the thought process. You know what I mean? Um, it's like let me go on the portal and see what happens. It was okay. I know this guy. Right? I had Tommy and, and Coach Kelly actually help me out make some connections. Um, yeah, they'll help. They'll definitely help. I ain't going to lie. They, yeah, get you out of there. Help. I'm not going to, you know, at first he didn't want to help me. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, I got to, you know. Yeah, but no, I, they were, they were, uh, they were, you know, they were, they were helpful for me. And so um, I think, you know, very, and, and my, my, unfortunately, my grandfather was, you know, on his last, on his last uh, leg and, so he was down in Florida, as you know, Malik in West Palm. So it was kind of like a timing thing. It just felt right. UCF was also winning tons of games. And, um, you know, the quarterbacking situation with Mackenzie Milton. So it was a good, you know, kind of window for me to get in there and, and, and play immediately. So I figured it was a good, you know, right choice for me at the time. How quick did the locker room vibes change from a Notre Dame to a Florida locker room? I'm not even going to say UCF or University. I just think all Florida locker rooms just become instantly different than a Notre Dame locker room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what was that I, knew like? a bunch, I knew a bunch of the guys. They loved you at Florida, though, because I knew a bunch of the guys at Florida, too, like even after training and whatnot. But, yeah, no, it's 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 a complete one, you know, 180, uh, you know, shift from – just culturally, but you, you know, you try to, you try to adapt, right? I mean, you also try to lead, but you try to adapt with what's going on there. They were, you know, had successful couple runs. Um, a bigger football focus. You're not talking about too much mogul down there. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't talking about mogul at all. Yeah, talking about networking and going to Russia, none and none. No, it was, it was ball, it was ball, school <laughs> sometimes. You know, they were, they were good about it. That's but right. uh, it was fun. Like you had, you had way more fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah so <laughs> that style of football had to be different too for you because you're like, this is like vacation football almost. Like we just out here like <laughs> on the practice. <laughs> and things weren't run like you know, like a CEO or like you know. So, but no, it was, it was a good experience, man. You you get to see two different locker rooms. Uh, open up your horizon, right? Spread out your horizons. Kind of be with different guys. Kind of tells you what's you know what's what's to come in the real world. It was good. Everyone that I talk to says that we really played for each other. And I commend Malik offline all the time. I'm like, look, talking to you and talking to everybody that's played in that era between 2012 up to the point of 2020. The brotherhood is real. Yeah. Like, it's it's real. And I haven't had the opportunity to be around a lot of other players from other programs, but just speaking to most of you guys, you guys really just kind of closed the ranks and within mm -hmm. the program were like, look, we got each other. Yeah. We're playing for each other. 
Yeah. The fact that that stays with you all to this day, I tip my cap to you just like I tip my cap to all the rest of the guests that have come on our show and say thank you as a fan base for the blood, sweat, and tears no doubt. and the enjoyment that you gave us for the no time doubt. you were at Notre Dame. I appreciate that. That's definitely unique. I don't know about you, Malik, but that was definitely unique about – I don't know what it was, man, but like – you could hang out with everybody on the team. Like you could go to anybody on the team's house. Wasn't well, like that though. At other like I've had to like I get to view those different perspectives. Yeah, and it's not like you that you couldn't like go over your other teammates' house or nothing. It just like you know it was more clicked up. It was kind of di- it was like dang, it felt like high school like almost. Yeah. You know, with that. But I do think that is now that you're in the NIL space and you know everybody talks about oh we would have been millionaires. If it was going on during our time, yeah. now that you're doing it, what would you do right now as a quarterback at Notre Dame? You got the mogul thing set up. You're going through that platform. How much money do you think you would have really got now if you was doing? I think that? we would have been. I think just playing at Notre Dame, man, we would have been between fifty and hundred k a year, like easy. Mm. He's talking about easy. He's talking about easy. I'm easy. talking that's little. That's small. Um, because what? Because of what we're seeing here. Um, and some of the deals that we've been able to facilitate. Um, but what I would have done, like where I would have started was like, let me look internally and internalize like how I can make myself more valuable and more marketable uh, to brands. Um, so for us, obviously there was so much, there was so little locally that would, you know, do anything from a sponsorship standpoint. I, I, I don't even know what, you know, you know, but uh, for us, it would have been more national, it would have been more alumni getting involved. That was where the value, you know, comes from. So it was, you know, I think I would have been able to attach myself to a couple brands and kind of have run with those those sponsorships and and make myself. Oh, you, you know, you 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 see Brandon Wimbush and you know he's about this. Like this is his brand alignment. This is you know kind of the vertical he wants to stay in. Um, I think that's that's what's going to go a long way for a lot of these athletes. What How much brands that would have aligned with you though? Yeah, lot, yeah. What what brands do you think you would have been attracted to? Would have been apparel, fashion. That would have been fashion. Brandon is now. He go, you know, Bob Bianco and Brandon Wimbush, two fly jersey. <laughs> dudes, you know, they no, you know, on in the summer. You know, yeah. I think I definitely would have dove into the fashion or like the athleisure. Uh, kind of space. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe something like there's a couple of like marketplace um, that do a lot of like art. It's a, there's a lot of art marketplaces that are out there. Art companies, art galleries. Like I don't know. I don't even know how you can pro- you know you promote those things just in the the, the typical way. But um, there's so much out there that we're seeing. Um, and then being a part of the the business school at Notre Dame, you know, there's so many finance and, and tech uh, apps that are out there that are getting into the space that I think I would have definitely been able to align myself with. But I think the big thing for athletes today is like you start to think about those things at 18 years old rather than at 23 or 24 years old when you're just leaving school. So it kind of expedites the growth process for you from a professional uh, and career standpoint. Finish this uh, statement for me. The most talented team during my time in Notre Dame that I played <laughs> on was um, twenty. 
15 has to be. Oh, I told you that that year was I thought crazy. he was going to rock Yeah, that's Malik's year, too. That's it. 20, 2015 is a crazy year. Just the talent level is just. 2015 is a crazy year. And then it had to be something in the training table or just something in the air because the combination of all the classes, we were all like, yeah. Pushing each other, you know, we knew this was a big year for a lot of guys. So, 2015, then yeah, 2017 was probably next, but crazy, crazy undefeated year. year. 2017, undefeated year, right? No, 2017 was the 10 and three, the 10 and three year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the three losses in 2017, I say the Stanford loss was more painful as a fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Miami loss is like, all right, game day. I just felt like you guys weren't there as a fan. Yeah. Just watching, I'm like, okay, they 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 weren't there. Right. I don't know what it was. They weren't there. The Stanford game, I'm like, okay, two losses, we can still get a nice bowl. And to lose to that Stanford squad, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> right. Like, there's yeah. no way we should have lost to that team at the end of the year. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I mean, Stanford's always tricky too because they're you know they they play they play a really solid game and, and they play a really they're very very cerebral as you would imagine in in their approach and you know sometimes like ski, schematics they might they might have a little edge on you but I don't know it was a tough one like I don't even remember that game to be honest that much um, it's just one of those that is kind of just. Goes under under the radar for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really speak on it. So, what's your thoughts on the vibes, man? Marcus Freeman. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about things being changed. He starts a legacy program and connects with older players. We've seen video of former players like Wes Pritchett for the 1988 national championship team saying this is the first time he's formally been invited by a head coach to the blue and gold game in 35 years. Just talk about the vibe, the excitement, and have you had an opportunity to actually speak with Coach Freeman? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 super, you know, fired up for the team. I think everyone sees the reception that he's he's garnered from the team. You know, that locker room video I think is amazing. Uh, being on campus, I haven't been able to connect with him yet, but being back on campus and seeing the excitement from even the students, um, like that's that's what really you know is, is kind of keep me inspired. And then I've been able to speak with a bunch of the guys on the team. And although they've said, you know, it's kind of a different culture, a different feel, different culture, because everybody's, they cleared house, right? It's only Mark, Coach Freeman, and then Matt Bayless. But like, those are pillars. Those guys were two pillars in, you know, for the, for the Irish for the last two years. Um, and then obviously Coach Bayless for the last, you know, however long he's been there. So, um, you know, there's obviously a change of culture, but they they feel so strongly about what he's going to be able to accomplish, and I just feel that way just vicariously through the rest of the team. I think that's the the turning point. You know, in terms of bringing a fresher perspective, you know, you just feel more comfortable just going back up there, even if it's bringing like a mogul. Uh, you want to do an event or something? It's definitely a a feeling that you can go do it. It's possible. Yeah. And and speaking of that, also. There's a lot of these coaches and a lot of people that are crying about regulations on NIL and mm-hmm. and having a cap maybe to what players can earn or whatever the case may be. Do you see there being regulations that need to be put on this NIL business? Um, 
that's a that's a like yeah yeah um not as far as like maximum on earnings i just don't think that's there's that's that's also never been done for any other type of influencer at any level who can make money right that's not a thing um so for us it's it's you know we our team really stays close to the ground has our ear to the ground in terms of development on the regulatory kind of landscape and how that's playing out. Um, there needs to be some more structure in terms of oversight and enforcement. That's where we want, you know, that's, that's, that's where we want this thing to go. That's what's going to benefit mobile. That's what's going to benefit athletes and not getting them in trouble um, in terms of how they're engaging and who they're engaging with. Um, and then the inducement component, right? Like, let's not start paying athletes, you know, $10 million to come. Like, it's just, it, there needs to be some type of structure um, before we see, like, just the entire uh, structure of the NCAA and college sports just go, you know, erupt. I just feel like there's just no, I mean, you look at a guy like Caleb Williams, who successful at his last school, even though coaching changes took place, decides to leave the school, shop shop around for a bunch of deals, <laughs> somewhere, and then shopping stacked up. Is yeah. that? But to some people, they would be offended by that because they're like, you know, why would you even leave? You just had a great career at Oklahoma. You you got everything you want in front of you. Yeah. Like, but then again. For a mogul standpoint, that's probably what you want. You probably wanted many players that have the uh, resources that could get sponsorships like that to basically transfers or go look for deals in the offseason, essentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not a – I really haven't really thought about, you know, that, so to say, so much. But, like, you know, the benefit we get from athletes transferring is that if they're a part of our platform and on our platform at Notre Dame um, and they transfer – they're a part of our platform and and they're getting deals uh, wherever they transfer to, wherever they land. You get what I'm saying? So there's just an awareness factor that, that we kind of look at is like, okay, great. This kid transferred from Oklahoma to USC. You know, he's going to be promoting mogul now at both schools, essentially. So, okay. so for us, we, we land in two different spots. Um, you know, the value and the awareness again, again, starts to build for us. Uh, in different geographical locations. Um, so that's kind of what excites us about the transfer side. The awareness that Deion Sanders has brought to the HBCUs, how has that impacted how those athletes at those institutions are looked upon as far as endorsements and brands connecting to them? Is it more of an opportunity now, now that he's shining yeah. the light? We, yeah, we, we, uh, that's a great question, Sean. We have, um, we have one of those examples right here in house. We have an equity partner in, in one of their their dual sport athletes, Malachi Weidman. So he's a big part of. Oh yeah, Malachi. Doing. He's an overtime guy. He's an overtime guy. As Malik knows, dunking on guys. Yeah. Um, you know, making big time plays both on the basketball court and the football field. So for us, he's in house. He's representing our HBCU kind of, kind of growth side of, of our company, helping us acquire athletes within the HBCU. Um, you know, realm. Um, oh, like he's getting paid to yeah. help recruit. Yeah, he's, he's a part of our company. 
right? Like we oh, see well, him right. as a long-term partner and obviously his, his, his brand right on the field goes a long way uh, for what we're doing. Um, so that's been exciting to see. And Dion, if it weren't for Dion, I don't know how much of its attention it would have been on, you know, HBCUs and the Jackson States of the world. So I'm grateful that he's there. I'm grateful that the HBCUs are going to, you know, start to get some of these top recruits and, uh, you know, starts to spread the wealth a little bit. Are you shocked at how, at the disparity that existed before a guy like Beyond said, yo, we have to do better, you know, challenging the NFL, challenging, you know, top yeah. players around the nation to give HBCUs a chance? Were you shocked that the disparity got as wide as it was between the big time programs and HBCUs? I just wasn't aware, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. We just we just weren't aware. So, like to be shocked wasn't even a thing. It's just like, oh wow, there's this, this is what it could be. Great, yeah. like let's keep pouring into it. But yeah. we just, especially where we were, yeah, we were by the time you look up, it's four years. You done. You got laser focus. You have no, uh, you know, especially you're not competing against them. My brother went to FAMU, so that and and that was really the only reason. You know, when I went to play at UCF, we had played them the first game. That was really the only reason, you know, that I even understood what was going on on that level in regards to sport. Um, but, yeah, man, there was just no time to be surprised about any of the gaps that was going on. But I'm, I'm glad, again, that some of the television, some of the media, and a lot of this NIL activity is, uh, you know, shedding light on what's going on at HBCUs. Especially the legacy and the history of, Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's yeah. Elite guys that came from HBCU programs. Yeah, to see it back on the rise is truly, truly a great thing to see for the culture. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what have you been listening to lately? What What is driving from an artistic standpoint? What are you reading? What are you looking at? Yeah, binge watching something on Netflix or I've been I've been very into uh my partner's gonna probably laugh but like stoicism like <laughs> or Malik's gonna laugh but that's kind of like where my mind is man is is kind of growing personally um you know business wise there's so much that's out there but I listened to the podcast from uh uh the CEO and chairman of uh the morning brew who I really admire his path uh, Alex Lieberman, it's called the Founders Journal. So, you know, there's just kind of like 12 minute nuggets every morning. Um, I'm also reading right now um, uh, how to focus. Uh, it's called it's called deep work, right? It's how to focus in a very uh, distracted uh, world, I believe, is the kind of the, the subcaption. Um, but there's so much, man. And it's just me trying to grow personally right, and expand my my mind and, and how I think about things. That's dope. Cause I know for myself in this time and space, and I'll actually, I'll be out in LA with Malik next week and we're going to chop it up about this a little bit, but I'm in this space where I'm learning to choose wholeness over functionality. Cause I think in life, a lot of times we will accept certain things and just learn how to function right. in the midst of that chaos rather than taking the necessary steps to actually achieve unto wholeness. Right. Being totally healed from certain things rather than just that. dealing with it and allowing it to stay in our lives. So 
I you love know, that. that's what's really driving me. So it's good to hear that that's what's driving you as well. Malik, where, where are you at? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm reading some good stuff too. I actually have a book. Let me get it real quick. Maybe you want to check it out, Brandon. Uh, I, mean, uh. I thought Malik had leveled up quite a bit with that, <laughs> with that background. Oh, look. Oh, you thought that the grand piano. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there and sometimes and sometimes it's not, you know. You know how it goes. Anyway, I got a book right now I'm reading called Compelling People. I don't know if you get that on there, but um, Compelling People, you should check it out. There you go. Compelling people, you should check it out. It explains what the it factor is, explains, you know, more about communication. Like you're saying, just growing and developing as a person. And, you know, I think of, of being a compelling person, especially as a quarterback at Notre Dame, you know, translating that into the business world and just your everyday life, man, you'll see how it grows in this, in a lot of different settings. So right. I've been reading a little bit of that. So the reading, man, I think I've done more reading out of school. Yo, Crazy. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't think I finished more than two books in school, but not at all. <laughs> in the last two years has been at least like, you know, 10 to 15 books. Seriously. Is that a seed that being in Notre Dame kind of souls, though, that you start to reap the benefits of it as you get older and you get outside of the game? Yeah, I think you just start to, you, you kind of like succumb to the way of like the people around you. And if they're doing this type of stuff, then you kind of like, all right, shit, I got to get on my A game. Yeah. It's that taste, too, you know, especially when you're going there for four or five years, three, four, five years, and then you leave, and the level of people that you was around, like Brandon was yeah. saying, you're going ba- either going back to something that wasn't that, and you're like, man, I need to, you know, you see the difference. You see the yeah. difference of maybe yeah. expectation for yourself because, you know, people pretty motivated at Notre Dame. Right. It don't take a lot to, to get somebody going in terms of where they want to go. So when you leave that setting, it's like it kind of carries with you. It's like, okay, I know somebody's working and I know what it looks like. Right. So I got to, you know, continue my, my my getting better, if that makes sense. My growth, yeah. Well, we have Brandon Wimbush on with us. We appreciate him giving us some time this Thursday evening. As always, featuring and brought to you by Nora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Be win before we let you go. I need your starting five. Have you seen the movie Think Like a Man? Yes. You remember when they were playing basketball and the other guys wanted to use the court and Kevin, you know, Hart gets to talking crazy. He's like, no, we can take them. We can take them. We yeah, can take I think them. so. <laughs> Give me, if you were in the gym and NBA guys were on the other half of the court and they said they wanted to run against you and your Notre Dame teammates, give me your starting five. You would love to have Rock with you. All right, so Chase, Ronnie, Mike. Yeah, easy choices. Those are easy, right? Easy choices. That's a, Four, that's five, a NBA five, though. I mean, that's NBA three. Especially a D1 five already. Yeah. Um, oh, Banks. See, I haven't seen Aaron Banks. No. Play. Nice. Banks Aaron Banks? Nice. Aaron Banks is nice. I haven't seen yep. that's three. That's three big men, though. Right, right, that's me, Chase, um, Mike, Ronnie. Sounds and, like new addition to and, and Banks. <laughs> <laughs> you say it sounds like an addition. Now nah, that's a five. Sounds like you would do a new addition. You said Ronnie, Mike, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had the whole crew. We had the right. whole crew right there. Nah, that's five right there. That's that's an NBA five, man. I'm telling you. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so. Now, was he in the gym, Malik, when you got dunked on? Ooh, he told me like Doug Randolph. Randolph. I never got dunked on. So I don't remember this. Yeah, oh, exactly. you hear this story? It's nothing to remember because it's just a story. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, I have to have, I have to find somebody else to corroborate a mere story. <laughs> right, 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 right. Ass, yeah, yeah. Maybe Procise, maybe Procise was in the gym. No, that's funny. No, it's uh the, the hooping definitely was more legendary when my first couple years there. But, you know, I think as the years grown on, the, the rules got a little bit stricter. Things wasn't as, as loose as it was when I first started and coming off the Michael Floyd years, the, to, the, the Tommy Reese years. So right. I think it's more interesting now how it is. Well, man, B, we appreciate you for joining us, man. We look forward to having you back on sometime soon. Let people know where they can follow you. Of course, they see your Twitter handle right there at WinbushB7, but let them know what yeah. you're going to be doing in the near future as well. Yeah, uh, appreciate you guys having us on. I need a, I need me and Anora if uh, Malik wants to send me a bottle. It's, uh, it's definitely coming down there. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're here, man. Moguls at, again, South by Southwest Pitch Conference, hoping to win some money, but more than that, just looking to network with some phenomenal entrepreneurs investors, executives, everybody who's involved in the, start, in the startup space. Um, you can follow us at uh, on IG at, uh, at get.mogul. Uh, That's at G-E-T dot mogul. Um, and then we're on Twitter at the mogul app. Obviously, we're all on LinkedIn. Um, I think my Instagram is Brandon Wimbush, so you can find me there. But we're all over, man. We're looking forward to connecting with anybody who's listening wants to get involved in NIL, especially, you know, there might be an alumni base here, Malik. Um, you know, we're excited to uh, reel those, reel that demographic into this space. No, straight up. Definitely stay in contact about this. For sure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Once again, you. Brandon Wimbush, thank you for joining us on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Hey, bro, it's always enjoyable. It's always enjoyable to sit down and talk to you guys, man. Yeah, man, you know, little, little glimpses here and there from the guys that have been through it. Yeah. Guys that can speak on a, a current uh, a way of what Notre Dame's like, and we're only going to keep them coming. We're going to keep getting better, and it's it's the same reoccurring message. We got some good, solid guys that done came through Notre Dame. Yo, so I don't know if you heard this, right, but baseball is back. Okay. The hole in the sports ozone has been filled. And now all things are right. All things are right. That's right. You know, I know it's a boring sport to most people, but. Only on TV. To those that know. To those that know. To those that know. They know better. Right? That's right. It's going to be very interesting to see what takes place coming into the spring. I'm going to give you the three things that I think Marcus Freeman has to do coming to the spring. Number one, he has to make sure that he establishes his identity. I think the identity for this team needs to be established. I don't care what it is. 
I don't care what type of team they're going to be. They need to go into fall camp knowing what the identity is. Two, I don't care if he names the starting quarterback the night before the game against Ohio State, but he needs to come out of the spring knowing who he thinks is the guy. Yeah. He yeah. needs to come out of the spring knowing. like, And damn near even before if you really yeah. want to be on your yeah. P's and Q's. And there, dude. Because that shows a lot. That would show a big difference between him and Kelly right there. If yeah. he wasted no time yeah. about it, he said, look, we're going to rock with Tyler. All right, next question. Or we're going to rock with Drew. Next question. If he do that fifth fifth practice into the spring camp, they're going to be like, oh, this guy's serious. This guy yeah. This guy, this guy knows what he wants. Right. You know, you know, he knows what he's doing. It's the, I feel better than 10 years if he did that because that would answer a lot of questions. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is a guy that's not leaving it up to chance or leaving it up to somebody to fall out of the race, you know, where it's the last man standing. He's like, I guess you the guy, you know. That's kind of how we've been doing it before. But this is the, I agree with you on that point wholeheartedly. Yeah, that's big. And then last but not least, Fix that quarterback room and recruit. That, <laughs> that dude, that is, I might put that number one. Yeah. Save the best for last. Yeah. Recruiting wise, fix that quarterback room, get it right, and watch the dominoes fall and the impact it has at the other positions. That's right. Recruiting is, is and I think, you know, that spring game, man, that just what this, the spring game is setting as a precedent. And what it will set even after, and what we will look like moving forward in the MF era. I think it's, you know, don't miss out. If you don't yeah. hear yeah, anything this year, the spring game and the spring weekend is something to go to. So we thank everybody that tapped in. K Mac, we appreciate you. Great interview. Appreciate it. Really impressed with Winbush. Solid dude. I think I missed, did I miss a super chat? I want to make sure there it is. I got Matt 2011 GT. Thank you for the super chat. Finally able to get back to the lives. Now, Brandon Winbush, man, this cast is killing it. Keep it up. We appreciate you. And I think there's one more. There it is. I'm glad I caught both. Chad Brown, thank you for the super chat. Should we be worried about Keon? I think he's referring to Keon Keeley. I feel like I talk about this every show. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get nauseated talking about Keon Keeley. Yo, it's March. Relax. Your mental headspace is not going to be good if you keep fretting over Keon Keeley and everything he does. He's a teenager. Yeah. Teenager. He's a teenager. Don't 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 expect nothing until the day of with these kids. He's he's taking visits and he hasn't even started taking his official visits yet. Like Relax. I will say this, you know, reports about his Florida visit. How do what publication isn't going to if it's a Florida publication and a kid visits at Florida, they're not going to publish a story saying the visit was horrible. Mm. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not. So, look, he's a Florida kid. He went to Florida. What's not the like in Florida? Malik and Brandon just told you. It's totally different. They don't care about anything. Yeah, no, nah, they don't care about anything else. That's it. So it's a different vibe. I will say this. He is actively helping Notre Dame 
retain the 2023 recruiting class. Yes, and so, I just sent you a 2023 recruit worth talking about, somebody that even if Keon Keeley doesn't come, it's a guy that we got that should be recruited by us. Let's say this Let's yeah. say this for Steve Wilfong tomorrow. We'll do that. Four seven sports. Steve Wilfong, somebody that actually was over the Midwest when he right. was being recruited at high school. He's the first guy that actually took me with him to scout a high school game. Wow, in Chicago. So that's the connection that's we have with Steve. Steve is big time now over two. Big time. Oh yeah, he yeah, he's Mr. He's, Steve. Now. He's it's big Mr. time. So we're we're gonna have to tease him a little bit about yeah. being Mr. Big Time over at 247. So he's going to join us tomorrow. Because of his schedule, we're going to have to have him on earlier than our normal scheduled show. So 3 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, Steve Wilfong. We'll put the notification up, but we'll have Steve Wilfong tomorrow talking recruiting, Notre Dame, and a lot of other stuff with us on the Lucky Lefty podcast tomorrow. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. So if you have a recruiting question, save it for tomorrow. For tomorrow. Steve would definitely get to all of your recruiting questions. We'll make sure of that. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? right petty junction each and every day pettiest stories of the day even though i said baseball is back i'm putting mlb the owners and mlbpa on the petty train for even causing this situation like what dude we should be literally like two weeks away from opening day and the the fact that we have these millionaires arguing over the minor details they could have done this, and then they only take like an hour out of the day. Hey, yeah. we're, we're in the same city, but we're going to come meet for an hour. And if we don't like what each other says, then we'll come back in another day or so. That was that. So I you got all, money. You got all the time in the world because they waiting on you, man. And then you have the little guy, the big guys, making decisions for what's best for the vast majority of the rest of the players, which are the guys that don't make that much money. NBA is the same way. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Players, when you vote for representatives or your union, think twice about nominating the dude that has the bigger contract. That's all I'm saying. Just think twice about that. LeBron James, I got to nominate him, bro. I'm sorry. Even you know the way he passed up that shot at the end of the game. Come on, bro. Come mm-hmm. on. He had a reverse layup. Come on. You gonna pass the ball out to Melo, man? It's Melo. He's a Hall of Famer. No, 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 no. It's Top 75 Mello. player. 
It's mellow 2022. This ain't mellow 2005. It was an open shot. Come on. If he made it, he made the right play, right? He made the right basketball play. And that's why he's going to pass Kareem. He's going to be the GOAT as soon as he gets through this bull crap going on in the Lakers territory. Yeah, he's going to be the GOAT, all right? (laughs) He's going to be the GOAT, all right? Yo, I have to be petty, right? Okay. I didn't give you an opportunity because I threw Bank of America on the petty train yesterday for what happened with Ryan Cooley. Yeah. So I don't know if you had something to say to that, but for me, I was just <laughs> like, yo. No. I feel bad because yesterday was the the camp, the mm. body cam. Today was the actual 911 call. So you know the the identity of the teller is coming in like three. <laughs> yeah. And I feel bad. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I feel I bad for him. I feel bad. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, what can you do? What can you do? I think what's also petty, too, is the fact that now that you have all year-round football, there needs to be more highlights on players. I need to see some more stars in the game of football. There's stars in basketball that's not in the NBA. There needs to be more stars in these leagues coming up in football because it's not right now. Yeah, I see Jeff Fluke and Michael Parks in the chats talking about the Indiana-Michigan game. Uh, I'll push back on whether or not Michigan played better without Howard. They were up and down when Howard was there. They were up and down when he wasn't there. They had some big wins. I think they beat Michigan State. I think they played Purdue tough and eventually uh, yeah, won they Yeah, but then Iowa and Illinois both walked into Chrysler Arena and beat the hell out of them. So one, they will have a good win, and then here comes Iowa and blows them out. Then they have another big. That's win. what happens when you don't have a Jawan Howard them out at home. It's like they were doing that with Jawan Howard. They've been up and down all year. Nothing changed. What happens when you don't have a Jabari Smith? That's his name, right? Jabari Smith. Oh, from Auburn. Yeah. Oh man, he's nice. Yo, I'm not gonna lie though. Uh, Caleb Houston is going to be a beast next year, bro. Caleb Houston, yeah. Caleb Houston is going to be a beast, He's too. He's going to be a beast next year. And Caleb Houston is probably the only reason that Devin Houston would choose Michigan. Yeah. Over Notre awesome. Dame. It yeah. definitely won't be Mike Elston. I can tell you that right now. That won't He's be going to get Mike Elston's track record for the last couple of years and be like, oh, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I ain't picking up the phone for Mr. Elston. Yeah. Nah. So. Thank you guys for joining us. Continue to support. We appreciate you guys. Don't forget tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Steve Wilfong. We spin it different. That's how we do it. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, the premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Subscribe, share, like, hit the like button, smash it. We thank you guys. Let's try to get up over 200 likes. That's what we're turning to right now. And we're almost at 2K. Almost at 2K subscriptions shout out for shout out to our new followers on twitter too we yeah, see sure we, we see, appreciate see you please keep we, tuning we, in we're we gonna drop gems on you now keep we, t- we got our ears to the street for you and then we'll send the invoice you know we'll talk about that later you know no doubt no doubt but my boy malik zaire the original lucky lefty himself i'm sean davis we'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the lucky lefty podcast